0: My biggest thing is, and this kind of comes from the longevity standpoint, is just keep going. Again, like, it's, the like, at some point, if you theoretically have unlimited time, which I know is also not real, but you will figure it out at some point. But also, every time you fail, I think you get that much better the next time. So you're exponentially getting, learning more, getting better at executing, figuring out what direction to go. So if you just keep going, you will figure it out.
1: Hi, and welcome to The Sliced Podcast, where we share startup stories from founders, investors, and CEOs from across the globe. A little bit about our platform, Startup Blog Post, is that we're a community where aspiring entrepreneurs and venture capital ecosystem stakeholders can share meaningful insights, engage with colleagues and peers, and stay informed. Hi, and welcome back to The Sliced Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Ahrens. Today's guests are Christian Dooley and Rain Aubrey, founders of Pocket Change, a social media app, where every like, post, and reply sends free money to charity at no cost to the user. Hey guys, thanks so much for being here.
2: Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you.
1: We have two, a two for one.
2: There we go. (laughs) This is
1: very exciting. So we'll get started. I want to hear from both of you a little bit on your backgrounds. And I feel like it'll be easier if we go one by one for now. So who would like to go first? If not, I can choose. Sure, I'll go. Uh, okay, so it, tell us who you are.
0: Yeah, yeah. So my name's uh, Christian Dooley. Um, I'm, I guess, kind of a bit full background. I'm from outside of Chicago area, um, and then came into uh, University of Denver for school, which is where I met Rain, and we actually got started with Pocket Change. Um, I guess personally, beyond just Pocket Change, I'm big into a lot of music and music production as well as. Love uh, chefing up great meals and hanging out with friends. So
1: oh, chefing up! Wow,
0: yeah, of course, always. That
1: sounds like another name for an app.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Write that down. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, what initially brought you? Just school brought you to Colorado, then from Illinois.
0: Yeah. So mainly, yeah, school, but also I think the overarching Denver community had a big draw to me in terms of having the you know kind of city and startup um, culture, um, and knowing I wanted to get into that as well as the outdoor life, and then. Yeah, all the, all the food and being able to go out and um, it just seemed like a really great spot to come and be.
1: Awesome. And when was you? When would you say was your first like light bulb experience? Thinking maybe I'm an entrepreneur. Did you have any experiences in high school with a business, or was it not until later in life in college?
0: Yeah. So when I was super young, I've always always into little mini creative uh, projects. I think my biggest sort of like self actualization into that was in in high school um we did a project called um it was like the art scene but basically um as a part of a school project actually we had to come up with something that problem we wanted to solve in the community and we saw i did it with a a partner her name was Paige, but we basically took vacant storefronts that were through our town and um, went into our school and found a bunch of artists and took their paintings and drawings and all that And actually put them up in the local vacant storefronts to that way one give exposure to the different local artists and our you know our friends even Um, and then two help beautify the town with the actually being able to walk by and not just look into empty vacant stores but see art and then um, from the landlord perspective they were able to kind of draw more attention towards it and so we actually ended up doing three like little mini gallery openings of different student art um and that was something i think that really got me excited about being able to have an idea, come up with a plan, reach out to people and then actually turn it into something Execute that was like on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was actually tangible. Um so I think that was my first like, wait a sec, like I really love this and could figure out how to do this in all sorts of different ways beyond just the art side, but like different things that I care about as well.
1: Yeah, in a real business business. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Okay, Rain. Yes. Where are you from?
2: I'm from Milani, Hawaii. I was born in Wahiwa, Hawaii. That is uh, so cool. On the island of Oahu. I actually just got back yesterday. Um, so if I'm a little tanner or sunburned, that's <laughs> <Jet lagged>. why. A <laughs> little jet lagged. Um, uh, but yeah, I was, I was born and raised there. Um, similar to Christian, I, I came out here for school, went to the University of Denver, um, and just kind of fell in love with the city, and, and, uh, and that's why I'm still here, to answer if that's the next question, yeah. uh, the kind of entrepreneurial side. I was always very entrepreneurial as well. Um, even like when I was a little kid, obviously doing like little lemonade stands and stuff. And I remember I like hired my friend to run the lemonade stand and then I ran around the pool in like a flash suit, like giving people marketing materials. So, um, for the know,
1: lemonade? For the lemonade wow. stand. So,
2: you know, I was, I was that always... That must
1: have been some really good lemonade. It, well, I don't know how good it was,
2: but <laughs> we marketed it well. No. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, in high school is really when I started falling in love with business. I sold, I had a whole bunch of old Lego boxes. Um, and I realized around Christmas time that if you packaged them up in like holiday wrapping paper, um, you gave people a minifigure, they would make great stocking stuffers. And so I was able to sell. Um, you know, a normal bin of like you know that would be for fifty dollars. I was able to sell for like two hundred dollars just by packaging it up, um, and you know, giving it you know how people wanted, and and that was. And then my mom bought me this great book called Start It Up, um, that made me really fall in love with entrepreneurship. And then I. Sold bracelets in high school and I sold custom Lego minifigures and ended up selling two well self-balancing hoverboards and outsold Walmart in my senior year of wow. high school in the state of Hawaii.
1: So you were you were busy I was, at the young age of
2: 14? I, I, yeah, exactly. I, I totally found it real early um, and wow. just fell in love.
1: Wow. Okay. So then you're both in school. Were you guys roommates or did you just walk by each other on campus? Was it the lunch table?
0: Yeah. So we actually met, um, I think it was sophomore year in a, um, it was a writing and activism class. And the first homework assignment or first day was like basically come in and say why you picked this class or like something you were working on or that you've done, um, in the activism space, something. And, um, again, so I've done some of the music production stuff. So I'd made the sound collage piece, this big 10 minute thing, um, that was on basically, uh, basically, like, truth in politics and around, like, transparency and the way we present ideas and all sorts of stuff like that. And Rain had come in and was talking about, hey, he wanted to work on, he had this, like, little website up. It was <laughs> about the, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but, he like, swear. <laughs> about the shittiest website I've ever seen. But it was it yep. it was um, it was um a website, and it was called Pocket Change. He's like, no, like, there's this thing, and it's going to be a button, and you can, like, take action on stuff. And, and I was sitting there in class, like, wow, that's actually kind of, like, there's something like there, like I got what he was saying. I thought it was cool and um, later, actually, I think maybe it was even two or three days later, um, Rain DM'd me on Instagram. It was like, hey, I can tell you're super passionate about all this stuff. I listened to your song again and like, maybe you want to help work on the pocket change idea. Like, let's meet up. And so we ended up meeting up uh, and that day, I'd done like a marketing internship in high school and, and it was like, oh yeah, I, can, I know how to like run a Twitter. Like, let's set it up. So we set up the Twitter. I started tweeting that day, and I think Rain got a whole bunch of other people kind of excited about, about it. But um, as kind of the weeks progressed, a lot of people very quickly were like, what's going on? Like, what is this? And we're busy, and we're in college, all that. Um, but, yeah, we just kind of kept, kept going on it, and I guess now it's about four years later. But, um, yeah, that's where, where we sort of first that's met. and
1: really cool. Hmm. So you had the initial, Rain, you had the initial idea then, and where, what sparked this idea for you?
2: Yeah, uh, the showers of my freshman dorm. Uh, okay. Was was taking a shower one day, and I had just been watching a uh, a video of a chemical attack that had happened in Syria, and it was like there, and it was a live stream, and there was like twenty million people in this live stream on Facebook. And everybody was commenting, this is so sad, you know, all of this stuff. Uh, How do we help? Um, And I was like, well, there needs to be a a like button that actually does something. Um, And that was kind of the premise for the original idea, you know, all the way back. Um, And, you know, now it's evolved massively since then and and really changed. But the initial idea was, you know, we wanted to give people a very easy, easy, easy way for them to uh, do something meaningful, you know, with their social time.
1: That's really cool. And so you mentioned it's evolved. Kind of tell me what it's evolved to at the place that you're at currently.
2: Sure. Um, Where it's at right now, we are a full fledged social platform of our own. So, you know, just like Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, you have Pocket Change, it's an app. You download it onto your phone, um, you sign up, create an account, and then you can post anything pictures, videos. You know, I was just in Hawaii, posted pictures of me at the beach and, and this kind of stuff. And every single time you post, money goes to a charity related to what you're posting about at no cost to you. So, if you post a picture of your dog, money goes to helping dogs. Uh, If you post a picture of you at the beach, money goes to ocean conservation. If you post a meme, there's even a meme cause on there where money goes to something, I have a Calvin and Hobbes cause, because I love Calvin and Hobbes. So, there's really anything you can post about, whatever you want. Um, And our ultimate goal is we want to build a social media that's more meaningful and real. You know, we want to, Our tagline is social media that makes things better, and that's what we're going for. We want a place for people to be able to uh, unify around things that they care about and get rid of all this divisiveness and echo chambering and algorithms and all this stuff and just create a place where people can host who they really are um, and have it be a positive experience rather than a destructive one.
1: I think that's great because social media is, in general, can be pretty destructive yeah, than, if, than anything else. But what has your guys' experience been in the past four years? Has it been difficult to get people rallied behind this new social media? It can be really hard to launch something into the unknown, especially for, like, the younger generation. They're kind of picky.
0: Yes. <laughs> so I think on the um, yeah initial concept, too, of, you know, we're all seeing this news and social media and content every day. There's a like button, comment, and share. Where's the do something button? That was very. Um, was a concept people got very excited by, and like that's where we were initially too, also very passionate about. And so, we actually started with a, a Chrome extension that would just go on different um, websites like uh, Facebook and New York Times, Google News, and when you'd click it, it would use AI to analyze that content and predict a cause, and then you could instantly give uh, your own twenty-five cents to take action on it. So again, that whole to like button that actually does something, um, and so. Conceptually, people were very excited about it. Once you told them about it, they'd pull out their phone. Great, how do I get it? Like, oh, it's a Chrome extension. They're like, well, that was a Chrome extension. We're like, all right, back to the drawing board. We ended up, again, very kind of long story short, building that out for um, your mobile app, and it would work on Instagram, Twitter, all your other social platforms. Again, conceptually, people got on board. We're like, oh, but then how do I set it up again? How do I make it show up in my share tray? And we're like, okay, we have to make it simpler. We built our you know, own feed and our own app. People we're like, wait, I want to start sharing my own content, not just bringing content from other apps. And that's kind of when we made the big jump of, okay, let's be our own full-fledged social platform allow people to have that total um, control in their own, you know, sharing what they actually care about and being a part of those actions. And then the final thing was the um, financial barrier. So we'd always been doing, it was you would give your own 25 cents, and again, people were always excited about it, but we, we just kept seeing this people coming on board and then hitting little barriers and falling off. And so the biggest and definitely scariest leap we made was, um, I guess relatively recently, was making it entirely free. So instead, when you come to the platform, there's basically a big, imagine like a big cloud of money up there, and whatever the people talk about is where the money gets sent out to. So as Rain was saying, if you're at the talking about the beach, you can send it to ocean conservation if... Talking about the protests, it can be to fighting racism. Like whatever it is that you actually care about, we help basically put up the funds for it and let you decide where it goes based on your actions. So the excitement was always there. The actual struggle of, of it was a very, I think, tough kind of three years of, oh my gosh, we got it, it didn't quite work. We got it, didn't quite work. We got it, didn't quite work. And that repeated for essentially three and a half years until we finally now have started to see actual, like significant usage and total strangers signing up in a community building and people talking with each other and real actions that have been, like, super exciting. So, mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's a lot of the journey is just kind of iterating on that initial idea until you find out really what your market fit is. Mm-hmm. Was it hard for you guys? You mentioned the Chrome extension and the app and everything. What was your guys's technology background coming into it? Did you guys have to outsource a lot or did you find there was a learning curve? Or have you guys just been doing it and learning on the fly?
2: Yeah, um, neither of us are technical, um, so we had to build a, a technical team. Uh, we found a wonderful developer named Jerome DeLau. Um He's based out of Holland, um, and he was—I mean—he's been with us uh, since the Chrome extension days, um, and has really evolved the platform with us. And and now we've, we're building out our technical team even more. So we've added a mobile developer. We have a designer on the team. You know, and we're bringing on a, a low optimization guy, um, but. Yeah, we, we had to build the team and, you know, really kind of find people that were excited about the vision just like we were um, and who had the skills to really do it.
1: Was it tough? Again, okay, so no te- technology background. What about, like, the VC venture world? Has that been tough as far as, like, pitching and a pitch deck and understanding the ecosystem and investors and angels? How has that been for you guys?
2: Yeah, definitely. the The first one is the toughest. Um, you know, we don't have any VCs on board right now. It's all angels. Um, we've raised a, a significant or pretty significant amount of money from angels. Um, and you know, the first one was the hardest. We had an incredible supporter come on board as our first investor, John Christensen. Um, and then since John came on board, you know he introduced us to our second investor. Um, we were able to break into some angel rooms and pitch there. We got more investors. Um, and so, that's kind of really how it's evolved. Um, the individual side... Um, it's just the same as building a team. You know, that's what you're doing. You're finding people that are excited about the idea and, and you know, bringing them on board. Um, and so we've, we've had a lot of success with individuals. And then VCs um, are also very interested. We're, we're just slightly under their scale at the moment, mm-hmm. um, but growing. So mm-hmm. in the next you know, upcoming couple, maybe couple months, a year, 18 months um, is when we're going to do that.
1: Awesome. And then could you guys speak to are, – are you the only two co-founders? Is there anybody else? It's just yep. the two of you just the two of us okay can you speak to the importance of having a great co-founder and kind of how you guys make that relationship work because that I assume goes south oftentimes so how do you guys prevent that
0: Yeah. so I, w- I would say at least for me personally the biggest things um was kind of kind of buzzwords but I would the things that come to mind are uh trust I think empathy and then love and the fact of Trust is like at the core of it, knowing that we both have the best intentions at heart, um, that we can rely on each other when maybe someone's feeling down, maybe you need to step in and do something, um, knowing that what we say we're going to do, we're really going to be doing. Um, and then the empathy side is we're inevitably have hit so many you know, failures along the way, tried different things that did uh, that did work great and stuff that didn't work. So like recognizing that we're each going to have those struggles and then the love side of just like being able to find the day to day of, okay, we both have this large ambition. We both have this care for the team the people we are working with uh, each other. Like, how are we actually going to bridge, um, you know, a community of people, a team, whether it be the investors, the tech people, um, ourselves, like bringing more of that like positive and, and loving energy into everything we do. Um, and I think that's what's ultimately kept us going because again you say the four-year thing (laughs) a lot of times it's very easy to just kind of give up and and go do something else but I think when each of those things are are consistently a part of your life it becomes actually something like worth living for and doing so
1: Mm -hmm. and then you mentioned failure which is inevitable obviously Mm -hmm. could you tell me about a particular time that you guys had to overcome rejection and how you eventually got through that (laughs)
2: <laughs> well I've, I've got a
1: unless you haven't had oh any. no 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 there's, been...
2: <laughs> there's so many <laughs> um, this one's sort of interesting uh, it's probably one of my bigger I, r- I run the product team primarily um, you know obviously Christian and I like make a lot of decisions together and stuff um, but Probably one of the biggest failures I made as a product manager was we spent about six months developing a Amazon Alexa extension. Sorry if anybody's listening and I made your Alexa go off, um, <laughs> but we spent about six months developing that, um, and you know, really invested. It was really cool. You know, you could just say, "Hey, computer," you know, uh, "Donate to uh, turtles," and it would give twenty five cents to turtles. And you know, it was, it was really, really you know, innovative at the time. Um, And then we submitted it to the store, and the store rejected it because they had a different idea of how we did our pledging process and a couple things on the back end. Um, Just basically, um, they classified something as a donation that was happening within Alexa, even though it wasn't. It was happening on our app. Um, So, so we spent basically, essentially, six months working on something that has never seen the light of day. Um, And, you know, our team really rallied behind it. It was really exciting. Um, It was very cool in investor demos. Um, You know, people liked it because it helped clarify the vision of how easy we're trying to make something. Um, but it was a massive failure on my part because, you know, I read through the rules obviously before we did it, but, um, you know, didn't realize that they would perceive something differently and, and, you know, we wasted a lot of time and and energy. Um, so, I mean, there's been a million failures, but that's always one of the ones that sticks in my mind is like, well, maybe spend a little extra time with the rules next time we develop. But
1: you overcame it. So that was kind of my next question. What would a piece of advice be that you would give somebody currently in your shoes?
0: Yeah, um, my biggest thing is, and this kind of comes from the longevity standpoint, is just keep going. Again, like it's the, like at some point, if you theoretically have unlimited time, which I know is also not real, but you will figure it out at some point. But also, every time you fail, I think you get that much better the next time. So you're exponentially getting, learning more, getting better at executing, figuring out what direction to go. So if you just keep going, you will figure it out. And especially if you're working on something you actually believe in, if you're not just in it for the quick buck or the quick sell-off, which, again, like if that's what you're into, great, go do that. But um, a little bit of the just keep going. If, if you feel like excited waking up each day, then keep going and you'll figure it out.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Sam. Have you listened to our newest show, Portfolio Pitch? No? Well, you totally should. We talk to inspiring investors and gain insights into the world of venture capital. Whether you're a founder or an investor, you can benefit from our pod and is available on your favorite podcasting platform. Up next, Christian and Rain walk us through what they see for the future of pocket change and why being told don't do it is the best advice you could receive. And I'm also curious, just like on the app mobile front, do you guys, since you're in it, do you see any trends emerging there? Anything that you guys have in the back of your mind that you're kind of watching as you continue to develop the product?
2: One of the big ones I would say is there's a lot more conversation now um, about policies, um, you know, on Apple and and Google. You know, I think Parler was a very uh, clear example, sort of recently, about um, you know you know, basically what's kind of interesting about the the two major platforms, Apple and Google, is that whatever they decide goes. Um, and so, you know, you really have to be very aware of that as an entrepreneur developing in the mobile space, especially in the social mobile space, um, because at any time those rules can change. And if you don't have a strong culture and strong community on your platform that is, you know, actually going in the right direction, um, it can get really hairy very quickly. Um, and so, you know, you've seen that many times over the years with apple but i think um in more recent in more recent memory that's a pretty big trend that you know all mobile devs have to be paying attention to is how the rules are evolving and where we think they're going and that kind of thing
1: mhm and then when you guys take a look at like where you first started in your entrepreneurship journeys what are some learnings you have now when you look back
0: uh I think my my biggest thing at least is a little bit of the forgiveness towards yourselves and um, like taking time for your own mental health. I think it's really easy to look around, get distracted by the flashy other companies finding major success, thinking you're not good enough, um, being burnt out on a a day-to-day level. Um, And so at the intensity at which you need to recognize when do you hit your capacity, what sort of other things do you need in your life to kind of, you know, for me, like the cooking and taking time for music and um, just even just sitting outside on a porch and doing nothing, like that's all not only okay, but that's actually far better for you and for the team and for the company to be in that sort of space. So I think the intensity at which you should take care of yourself and your own mental health and how that can actually allow a lot more capacity for your energy to spread in a positive way to those around you, basically.
1: I think that's great, and it kind of ties into ultimately what you guys are trying to do, anyways, mm-hmm. which is create more positivity mm-hmm. and a better space for mm-hmm. mental health, which is currently not what you see in most social media platforms, anyways.
2: Absolutely, yeah, it's a huge problem in social media yeah. right now.
1: What about? Have, did you guys see or notice any effects of COVID on on your platform? Were more people inclined to join? Were they feeling compelled to perpetuate a change, or did you guys notice anything there?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think people obviously were spending a lot more time um, on social because of COVID. Um, And, you know, we saw that with, you know, Clubhouse, especially, you know, the explosion of Clubhouse people really wanting to connect in some way. Um, I think now we're all pretty like Zoom fatigue, I think is the (laughs) word. We're over connecting.
1: We're tired of connecting. (laughs) Exactly,
2: exactly. (laughs) Um, I think definitely a lot of people during COVID spent a lot of time reflecting on how the world was going and kind of realizing that, you know, we all have some sort of piece to play in this. Um, and I think that that's a little bit where a lot of people have found Pocket Change. You know, a lot of the Instagram influencers we talk to, for example, are like, I'm kind of just over the toxic comments and the algorithm. And, you know, like I want my social time to like be a little bit more meaningful. Um, and so we've found a lot of people, I think, coming over to Pocket Change being like, well, I can like the same memes on pocket change and money goes to things I care about. like that's cool and it's totally free for me. Like why not? Um, so I think that was definitely a trend of people um, and not trend. I think it's you know uh, something that is a part of our lives now is people mm-hmm. wanting to be a little bit more meaningful, a little bit more aware.
1: Right in their day to day at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell me where do you guys see pocket change going? like what's the projection say next five to ten ish years? Sure. What's the goal?
2: Um, I I would say that I really see Pocket Change becoming one of the major players. Um, You know, Twitter for your um, sort of faster personality, maybe Facebook for your relationship familial personality, Instagram for your cool, um, you know, kind of filtered personality, LinkedIn for your business personality, Pocket Change for your more meaningful and real personality. That's sort of how I see it. So. I really hope that we can become a platform where people find the desire to really host their identity um, and you know make it somewhere that they want to hang out and spend time. Um and so over the next five, ten years, I, I really think that we'll be able to get there.
0: Yeah, and to to even hop in on that, um, you know, naturally the um there's the charitable side to this and the financial aspect, but I think the much bigger picture here is the the mindset and the mental aspect of how are we choosing to consume and create in our lives, and how is that affecting other people? How are we communicating with people that we may disagree with? Um, and a lot larger vision of okay, yes, we can help finance certain things or the charitable side. But like, how do we actually create a platform and a space and community where, you know, you have, might have someone from a totally opposite political background, yet you both live in Denver and you both have two dogs and you both like to hike. All of a sudden, that person's a little more human. How do you actually have conversations about the causes you're talking about and about the things you care about in a way that is is po- uh, positive and meaningful? So, a lot more in that direction too of you know not just being this way to uh, raise funds for charity, which I think we actually have a great um, model and system already for, but like the bigger thing of how do we um, change the mindset of the way people consume and create in the world with a little more intention.
1: Mm-hmm. A little more unity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen.
1: Yeah. So, how does the actual, so let's, you guys pre select the charities or can somebody include one on their own? Can they select or how does that work?
2: Yeah, both. both. Um, so, we've got default causes. So, you don't have to know anything about charity. You do not have to be an activist to get on Pocket Change. You know, uh, we have a guy who posts psychology facts and, and, Every single time, he selects the default mental health charity, um, and so, and that's been vetted by Pocket Change. It's an incredible organization, um, you know. So we have about seventy default causes, um, you know, that cover most things you want. And then, if you're really passionate about a charity or you want to set up a new cause, like me with Calvin and Hobbes, um, you can just create a cause and pick any of the 1.5 c threes in the U S.
1: Okay. So okay, great. So let me ask you, that's really cool. I love that you can kind of mix and match yeah. as you please. If you don't see what you like, you can just, you know, pick what, what pick you one. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Even the Denver, stuff, just being more involved in the Denver community, like there's this place called Youth on Record, which actually is kind of like the studio, but it offers um, like free studio times to um, youth who may have less access to technology and music and art creation and computers. But that's my favorite place to like go, and I've really connected there. So for my arts education cause, I've actually customized that charity in and then also created my own Denver Youth Arts one because that's what I'm personally passionate about so then as I'm sharing music stuff I just tag it to that and um, yes you can kind of go all across the board with whatever you care about and have it be super focused, or even just a, a fun one like Calvin and Hobbes. With I think it's even was it like a comic.
2: Yeah, it's like a cartoon museum. I think um, yeah. I just Googled. It actually yeah. exists. Yeah, it actually exists. It's in yeah. I think it's in California, and they and they do you know kid tours and t- teach kids how to get into comic making and That's stuff. That's cool. So it was like I set up a karate cause because I study karate as well. So you know there's there's everything.
0: Do on
1: you there. ever hear back from the charities? Like hey, thanks for the. Thanks for the cash. Or <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's kind of funny actually. There's some, so there's some organizations that'll contact us and be like, "How do we get on the platform?" And we're like, "Hey, well, you can actually set up a custom one." We're very strict on the no, like, pay to play to be our default one. We have a, a very intense process around um, assuring that we can, you know, pick the right orgs and, and how we're going through that process. But and then some of those partner orgs, actually, we've reached out to and communicated with. Um, and yeah, some of which are like, "Oh my gosh, awesome! Can we do some kind of collaboration?" Some of which are like cool thank you and then some just we don't really hear back from that often and so it's it's all across the board of people reaching out collaborating with some just sort of having it up in the ether and maybe we'll see as we kind of start to scale more as it becomes more of a of an awareness and financial impact towards them so yeah we'll kind of see but we're, if there's any organizations out there just hit us up we're always open to chat and see how we can help benefit whatever you're doing so.
1: Awesome. And so you spoke about scaling. So as you guys scale, and let's say you meet your your goal in, in those five to 10 years, do you guys see yourselves dipping your toe back into the entrepreneurship pond? Like, do you guys have any other ideas in the back of your head, or are you just solely focused on this one right now? Do you like the lifestyle of being an entrepreneur, or do you think by the time that would come to fruition, you're going to be like, you know what, I'm done?
2: I don't know how I'll feel in five or 10 years. Um, I love entrepreneurship. I think I'm lifelong in it. Um, after ten years more of doing this, and if we got to that scale, I, my guess would be I'd want a little, uh, uh, you know, travel to Europe or something. Um, but um, yeah, I, I really like the I really like the lifestyle, and I think it's something that there's no other ideas right now that I'm considering or anything like that. Um, you know, I feel very very fortunate that. I f- have fallen in with Pocket Change, and it's so in line with my personality and who I am, and what I, you know, hope and dream to be doing, uh, that I feel very blessed and, you know, that kind of
0: thing. Yeah, and I I would say I agree with the the sentiment of the five to ten years. I have no idea what life will be, but um, what I do know is the side of entrepreneurship I really like is the being like with people, coming up with different ideas, just being a part of people's lives in an interesting way. And so whether it would be like starting some kind of business again, or if it were to be say with the music studio idea, like, oh, what if there could be a, another studio where people just came in and I was able to work and record with a bunch of artists in a different sort of style, kind of like that youth on record thing, or maybe it was cooking and doing like little dinner parties for people. Like I just kind of like doing stuff and that regardless of the, is it technically a business or is it technically make money? is kind of irrelevant to me so that's sort of my thought is I'll always be doing projects and things that are like creative and inspire me personally um but I have no idea what five to ten years will be so
1: okay well if you didn't know that you're this is going to also be a tough <laughs> question but in kind of in closing could you share really what your definition of success means to you <laughs> to, all
0: right so the, the instant thing that just came came to my mind, was do I wake up excited to be alive, which is kind of a weird statement, but I think that that's also, there are days where that's not true, and that doesn't mean I'm not, success, not like, <laughs> in a super dark way, but not, like, I'm not successful, but I think there's so much life that's always happening, and uh, relationships with people, with family, with uh, what it is that you're creating or trying, and it can be very daunting or scary and, and all that, but the actually waking up and knowing that like I want to be doing something I think is where when I wake up not feeling like that is that's when again taking those kind of maybe it's a mental health day or doing something being like what is it that's kind of pulling at me or draining at me and like how do I actually go in and solve that so um, I don't even remember what the question was
1: success (laughs) (laughs) that's a great answer
0: (laughs) but that is that is success to me is waking up and knowing like I'm working on something I care about with people I love and um I actually have energy to do that. Um, So that that would be, I guess, uh, what success looks like to me, at least in this current moment.
2: Yeah, Um, I would probably say uh, very similar. I mean, I definitely think like happiness is like the biggest piece of that. Um, Like I would so much rather be happy than be rich. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing is not having regret about something, you know, i never, ever, ever, ever want to get to the end of my life or a end of a period of my life and say, you know, oh, I wish I'd done this or I wish I'd done that, you know, that, that freaks me out like more than anything. Um, and so I think definition of success is being able to look back on life and, and you know, not ever having a what if or a regret um, and, and, you know, knowing that you were happy doing it. And then ideally knowing that you did something sort of meaningful with your time. Um, I think we all probably have that itching in the back of our, our head of, you know, all right, I'm, I, maybe I'm happy doing this. Maybe I'm, you know, you know making the money that I want to be making. But, you know, is this really how I want to leave my mark on the world? You know, um, and and so I think that if you can be happy, if you can feel that you have some meaning um, and if you can, you know, look back on it without regret, I, I would say that's super successful.
1: I think that's great. Similar answers, which is probably why this is working for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, is there anything else that I haven't asked you or anything else you guys personally want to say about either yourselves or about Pocket Change? Anything at all?
2: Um, I would chip in real quick just because I wish I'd heard this more when I was just starting an entrepreneurship. Um, one that I hear all the time and one that I never heard at all. So The one I hear all the time, everyone says to make something simple. Um, after And I know me saying this, everyone's going to be like, yeah, yeah, I know, make it simple. Um, but that was has been like one of the biggest lessons I think we've learned um, in doing pocket changes. Simplify everything.
1: And when they say simplify, are they talking, you think, about the product?
2: About the product, about the business, about mm-hmm. the idea. Every, it has to be something that you can explain like in a loud bar when someone is not really listening and like have people get it. And the closer you can get to that experience, I think, is like the best thing to do because, um, you know, we started out. It was more. It was so much more complicated before we've gotten to here where we are now. Um, and then the other one is that I didn't hear a lot when I was starting um, was you hear a lot about pivoting. You know, the, there's a big pivot culture in startups. I think pivoting is okay. I, I started out um, really anti pivot culture. Um, I'm a big believer in the um, Henry Ford. You know, if I built exactly what people wanted, I would have built a faster horse. Um, so I'm a big believer in. You know, setting a vision, being bold, and like having a long-term view. I think it's okay to change as the market speaks, but be careful of changing too quick. I hear a lot of startups that, oh, we did a test and it didn't work immediately on the first day, and so we we switched. And now we're doing something totally different. Kind of
1: different. abandoning the vision.
2: Exactly, exactly. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that's what pushes things forward. I think that's maybe what builds, you know, small successful businesses. Um, but I, I hope that a lot of entrepreneurs are willing to stick with something a little bit longer and, and let the market speak and think and, and these kinds of
1: things. And I think that goes back to, to what you guys spoke about earlier is yeah. that I think it's easier to let that happen and to not panic and pivot when you're so passionate. And it comes from like a real place like you both said. It's it's truly who you are. So I think it's easier to adhere to those values because it's, it is – a you at the end of the day versus maybe just a project that you decided to take on or something like that. But when it's truly you in a form, it's easier to adhere when rough times Yeah,
2: yeah. And it makes it hard, too, because <laughs> you feel like the world doesn't like you as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. true.
0: I was going to say, one one kind of funny one that's almost my favorite piece of advice is, uh I think it may have been Elon Musk, but his is just don't do it. And the the reason why it's such a good piece of advice is because all the people who hear that are like, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't do it, then don't do it because the people who hear it and go, screw you, I'm going to do it, I'm going to figure it out, and I'm going to make this happen, like, that's sort of the mentality you need. And even I deal with this, like, every day where I'm like, oh, shit, am I not, I can't do this. And I'm like, no, no, don't do it, but do it. So I'm going to screw you, I'm going to figure it out. That's my, me- <laughs> mental, that's my mental battle. <laughs> I'm like, wait a sec, okay, yes, go for it. So that would be my advice is don't do it because if you're thinking screw you, then good, go for it.
1: So don't do it, but also do it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Nice and clear. (laughs) Simple. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks so much for being here. This was so great. I really enjoyed getting to speak with you both and learn more about Pocket Change. So tell people your website. Do you guys have social media? Where can they follow the journey?
2: Yeah. um, You can follow me on the Pocket Change app, at Rain, R-U-I-N. You can get it in the App Store. Um, Just search Pocket Change in the iOS App Store. Or you can go to our website, www.pocketchange.social. And I think we're either Pocket Change or Get Pocket Change on all the platforms.
1: Awesome. Thanks, guys. You can follow
0: me at at Dooley on Pocket Change as well.
1: (laughs) Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. It was so fun. I love what you guys are doing. It's so great.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. Thanks for having us on.
1: Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Sliced Podcast. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode of Sliced, please email newsroom at startupblogpost.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.